Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa, and on this podcast, we focus on a lot of life's logistics, like planning and wellness, along with some fun things like skincare and reading. And overall, we just throw in a whole lot of life. Around here, we know that life is messy, but we're just doing our best to learn how to live well anyway. So join me on this journey as we figure it out together. And just to get us started, I'll go first. And today I am going first with such a fun conversation. Oh my word, you guys. It's Kelly Bandis. I have wanted to have Kelly on the show for quite a while, and we finally were able to pull it all together. It helps that she's got a brand new book coming out called Rookie Mistakes, but we actually don't talk about the book very much in this episode. I really am loving the book. I definitely think that you should go get it. I just got the audiobook and I have been binging through it because it's just so funny and poignant and so well done. But we just talk about a lot of fun stuff in this episode. I just wanted a format to be able to chat with her about goofy things that we both enjoy, like Outlander. But we also get into a really great discussion about disabilities. She has a son who is hard of hearing and identifies with the deaf community, as you will hear more about in this episode. And she has learned so much being in that space and gleaning from it. And I think she has so much wisdom to impart in how to do that well. I've kind of witnessed her doing that really well. And I really wanted to be able to dive into that in this episode. So we kind of are all over the place in this episode, all ends of the spectrum, but I think it's really good. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Before we dive into that, I just want to take a really quick second to tell you that the Live Well Planned cohorts for August are open for applications. So if you want to get in on the month-long cohort that is all about getting like all the overwhelm in your life taken care of and getting all those bits and pieces mapped out so that you have a really clear path forward for your routines and your meal planning and all of the different projects that you're wanting to conquer in your life and your daily schedule and all that kind of thing, then that month-long Live Well Plan cohort is the one for you. If you are just wanting to focus in on getting ready for back to school, then I have two cohorts coming up in August where we're going to take two weeks and dive headlong into all of the things to get ready for back to school, from getting your supplies to getting your car ready to doing your meal planning to figuring out what your routines are going to be for before school and after school in the evening and all that good stuff. It's going to be so much fun and I would love to have you come be a part of it, but you've got to get your application in now. So go to mckenziecoppa.com slash cohort to apply for one of those. They're all on the same page. You can apply for whichever thing that you want to be a part of and I would absolutely love to get you in there. Again, that's mckenziecoppa.com slash cohort. Okay, without further ado, let's get into this really fun episode with Kelly Bandis. Welcome, Kelly. Hey, Mackenzie. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to have you. I've literally wanted to have you on the podcast for years. I've had you in the list of like people to consider contacting. (laughs) And then when I heard that you had a book coming out, I was like, what? Why has no one told me this? Um, Perfect excuse. Get her on the show. I am so excited to have you here. Oh man, I am so appreciative of this time to have a conversation with you. We have been DMing literally for years yeah. about shared interests. So to have your undivided attention for the next 45 minutes, I'm I'm over the moon. Well, so am I. So it's bound to be a good conversation, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we're going to get into your book, of course, because you have a new book coming out called Rookie Mistakes. I have already, I've read part of it and I've already pre-ordered the audiobook because I was like, how can you not listen to an audiobook by Kelly Bandis? I mean, it's going to be so much fun. I know that already. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. I um I know that you are a voice actor professionally, and yeah. I had no idea uh how hard it is to talk into a microphone and not make mistakes while <laughs> reading a book or a script. Like, how do you do it? It's I, I was choking over my words every other line. Well, audiobooks are the devil. I mean, <laughs> honestly, out of all the voice work I do, I'm always like, it's fun because you get to like, especially if it's fiction, you get to, you know, put to voice the characters and all of that, but it is so much stinking work. And mm-hmm. then if you're also doing the editing, 
of it, let me just tell you, just be glad you were not the editor because, oh, I know I wanted to send him cookies because I just, I thought it was like a 38 year old man. And I definitely mentioned my nipples more than once. (laughs) And I was just like, this is not what you wanted to come into work and listen to today. Oh, well, you know, he's had to have been exposed to so much worse. Just that's true. Take comfort in that. But yeah, because the the editing of an audiobook takes about three times as long as the recording. And Mm. I would literally put myself to sleep, even though I was like, I think I did an okay job, but I can't handle listening to myself for one more second. Oh, I get it. I get it completely. Yeah. The joy of like the commercials and stuff is it's like, you know, 30 seconds. So it's not a big deal when you have to do it over again. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I'm so enthralled by that world. I, I want to hear your, um, your reel at some point oh, yes. because it just yeah. fascinates me. Well, it's up on my website, but I can, yeah, I will direct you to it. I will send you a link. Okay. I actually, I need to create a narration one too, because that's a lot of the work I do is like, they want someone friendly sounding to teach your kid about science or whatever dumb thing. That sounds perfect for you. No, I well, can hear it you. already. Thank you. I, I know. Clouds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the funny thing is, is like, I will help my son who has dyslexia sometimes with his homework. And I'll be like, now, do you want me to just talk to you like your mom? Or do you want voiceover voice as I'm talking to you about your science? And he's like, oh my gosh, don't make it stop. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. No matter what we do, no matter what job, how cool it is, our kids will always think it's super dorky. Yeah. Even if you have a cool voiceover actor job, they still like want no part of it. Yeah. Well, especially when you do it like in real life, it's like, oh, it sounds normal in voiceover. But as I'm sitting here teaching you about the Native Americans in our region, you are not so interested in the way I'm talking. So exactly. But it's fun. I bother. I bother them with it anyway, because I just like to get a rise out of them. Yeah. Why not bother your kids? What are we doing if we're not bothering our children? Bothering and embarrassing. (laughs) That is my, in my job description. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go back a couple of years here because I am trying to figure out how I even heard about you. I don't exactly remember. I think it was when you were pretending to be a fly in your house. And I feel (laughs) like maybe Kendra Adachi was the person that ended up directing me to you. Regardless, I found you a couple of years ago with your hilarious sketches on Instagram and I knew we would be fast friends. And then we pretty quickly connected over Outlander. Yes. You don't know either of us long, probably, before you know that uh, that is an obsession of ours. It doesn't take long for it to bleed its way into the conversation. Yeah, it tends to come out. I mean, it's just, it was one of the main things that helped me through my divorce. I just, I can't be shy about that. Thank goodness for Jamie Frazier. Yeah. I mean, no, it, it's definitely like um, a warm blanket yes. for so many people that I talked to. It got me through this. It got me through. For me, it was early pandemic yeah. days. So I haven't been uh, an Outlander stand for quite as long as you have, but it, it is like a, um, a Band-Aid or a hot water bottle yeah. for hard times. It really is. And I, I feel like I remember you coming on stories and being like, Oh my word, you guys, I just found Outlander. How did I not know (laughs) that this was a thing? And I really feel like that's when I really interjected into your DMs. Like, let me bring you into the fold. (laughs) Right? Because there is a maternal instinct for new Outlander fans. Like, oh, let me show you. Let me show you the way through the stones. I'm happy to guide you. Yes. I get it. Yeah. And you, you went deep with that because I believe you started knitting right? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I've, I'm a longtime knitter. Okay. Um, That's what I wasn't sure. Like, was this yes. the, the precipice of the knitting or was it, it just really fulfilled your knitting dreams? <laughs> That's what it was. So my grandmother taught me to knit when I was really young. Um, uh, but I didn't start knitting shawls and arm warmers <laughs> yes. until, until I fell in love with Claire. 
And then my knitting took on a whole different direction and, and not, I'm not a good knitter. So I have lots of like really bad arm warmers and shawls stuffed in boxes around my house. But you know, that's, that's my, um, that's my cozy time at night. I watch my outlander and knit my knitting things and, and feel good about the world. It's a full therapy experience. Like 100% it is. If that's like when I'm not in actual therapy, that's my therapy. Yes. So, and in addition to your knitting, you started the lolly broads. Yes. The lolly broads again, another like bright spot in the pandemic, you know, such a dark time we would do. Um, we met usually once or twice a month and we would just watch an episode together on Instagram live. And I would sort of live tweet verbally my thoughts during the episode and it was so much fun and when in a during a time where we couldn't hang out together yeah yeah you know a group of women that could get together and and enjoy a shared interest you know and I think a lot of us were feeling so lonely it was just nice to connect with other people yeah for sure it was and it was over something that you all have like such a like a vested interest in it's like we're we're really in this we you know it was such a an amazing escape and then to be able to kind of do it with other people and yeah there's just something about it so where are you currently in your outlander journey which by the way i do have to say yeah i know we're talking a lot about outlander you guys but she does mention it right from the introduction of the book so i feel like you've really given me the keys to be able to say, yes, go ahead and talk about Outlander because it is in the book. Uh, yeah, I'm an expert on very few things in my life, but Outlander is one of them. So I, I am happy to talk about this all day long. Um, I'm fully caught up. I have, okay. I have lots of, of feelings about this last season and I know they were in COVID times, um, but, but I, need, I need the next season very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am glad to hear that because it just, you know, this was actually the first time since I had started watching Outlander five years ago where I had started after it started. So I think I came in in real time, maybe in season, like halfway through season two. So from that time, I've always watched as they released and they would actually release at nine o'clock my time because they would release at midnight on the East coast and I'm on the West coast. So I could watch them on Saturday nights instead of on Sunday nights. (laughs) And Ooh, that's a treat. Yeah. Super fun. When I figured that out. So I was always like, as soon as it came out, I was watching the next episode and this was the first season that I didn't do that. I didn't feel like this compelling, like I have got to know what's going on last season. Season five felt pretty dark and Mm -hmm. not super. It doesn't, I think nothing can compare to season one and the back half of season two. In my personal opinion, when they are like in Scotland, preparing for Culloden, like all of that right I mean there's just like all of that mystery and the love story and you know there's just something different about those first two seasons and the cast and the cast has changed so much since those first two seasons oh my gosh and Mackenzie I I you're you're hitting me right where it hurts I agree with you wholeheartedly like, yes, it's just not the same without Dougal McKenzie. It's not the Ugh. same without the Highland culture. And, you know, it's just, it's a totally different animal, almost to the point where it feels like a completely different show. Let's talk about one of my very favorite sponsors for a minute plan to eat. If you have not started using plan to eat yet, I don't know what you're waiting for because it is the number one thing that reduces stress in my life. When I don't have to worry about not having the right groceries I need or having my kids ask me what's for dinner and I don't have any clue. Those are decisions that I need to have made ahead of time so that when I'm in the moment of my day, I can just do the next thing. I don't have to figure it out when I'm in the stress of the day. And plan to eat allows me to do that because they have the sleekest meals 
meal planning software that is available. Let me just tell you a couple of the high points of why I absolutely love it. The most work you're ever going to do is when you get all of your recipes in there. Sit down for an hour, load your recipes into Plan to Eat, and you are good to go forever. And it's so simple. You can just copy a link from wherever on the internet and it will auto-populate the recipe. Then from there, you can really easily change the number of servings that you're making. You can utilize special features like keeping track of what you're putting in the freezer or what you want to queue for different meals that you want to make. And one of my very, very favorite features is once you've planned out a week or two weeks or even a month, you can create a menu that then you can repeat over and over and over again. So you're not having to reinvent the wheel every single time that you're planning your meals. And then you guys, it's also got an amazing app. So you're never going to get to the store and not have your shopping list. How many times have you forgot that on the kitchen table? But with Plan to Eat, it's all right in the app. It tells you which recipes each of the ingredients are attributed to. It's just so sleek. They've thought of everything and they have a very special deal for my listeners. So Normally, Plan to Eat only has one sale each year, but for Live Well Anyway listeners, they are offering a special 30% discount on a yearly subscription plus 30 days free. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash livewell, and the coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you are ready to subscribe. This is only valid for new customers, but I really want you to at least go give it a try. So go to plantoeat.com slash livewell, get a 30% discount on a whole year and 30 days free. I agree with you. Jamie is now giving me Felicity, the American girl doll yes. dad energy. And that's not what I want from him. No, I want curly hair. I want like, I remember watching season one and not even knowing what this beast was. I was like, I need a show to stream. I cannot watch the office again for the love of God. And I need, I need something juicy. And I remember yeah. watching it and seeing Jamie and I was like, I, is he, is he hot? I didn't know this was going to, I didn't know this was this kind of show. And I need that energy back yes. in a big way. Well, and it, it felt like, and I hate to say this because I love these people and what they've done, but I, I do feel like the acting was at a different caliber in the first two seasons where now mm -hmm. maybe they've gotten a little bit too used to their characters and they've almost become caricatures. So I've been really vocal about my uh, dislike for some of the casting choices. Mm -hmm. Most recently, Brianna, mm -hmm. really. So I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. And the way that they have her call her mom, mama, being from New England, that is so wrong. It gets me on a visceral level. I cannot take it. It takes me right out of everything. Yeah. And so I think some of the casting choices have have been a little bit off since since the original cast. Yeah. I think that it's a pretty universal truth that no one likes her. <laughs> Here's the sad thing. So I have a um, just a friend via Instagram who works for the Stars Network. And she, every time I say something mean about Brianna online, she's like in my DMs, you know, she's a, she's really a nice person. She's so lovely. She's I'm so great sure to work she with. Is. And I'm like, oh, I know I'm sure she is too. I just can't take it. No. And I think most of us can't. It just, it did feel like a wrong choice. I think they should have gotten an American personally. Yeah. I think that right off the bat would have changed a lot of things because I think she's having to focus so much on the accent mm -hmm. that a lot of the other pieces aren't really falling into place. Right. And it's mostly an American audience. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, so definitely. We can't tell when Claire's faking a British accent because we're dumb, but yeah. we can tell when someone's faking an American accent. Yes. Yes. And it, it is, it is a thing. So I, I think that that is, it's, it's pretty, I mean, I'm sure she is lovely. I, I see her on Instagram. It's no, no shade to you, Sophie Skelton. It's just, we wanted a different Brianna. And honestly, I don't know that I really wanted a Brianna at all. Like I, I, don't I think either. that's I really part of it. Jamie and Claire. Yes. I think that is a huge part of it. We were like, what, wait a minute. 
we don't want another focal couple. Mm-hmm. We only want Jamie and Claire. That is who we care about. That is who we're invested in. You could have them be more background players or whatever, but we really don't care about their story. I know. And when I can tell that it's going to be like a Brianna episode, I'm mm-hmm. out. I mean, I yeah. will, obviously I'm going to watch it, but I'm just not, I'm just not as invested. Yeah. I, and the funny thing is because I've watched all, but I think season five and season six, at least twice. And there, I saw an interview with Sophie Skelton and Roger, what Rick Rankin, and they were talking, like hearkening back to scenes they'd done and episodes they'd done together. And I was like, huh, wow. I think I've entirely blocked them out. (laughs) I don't remember that at all because I just didn't care. I know. I, I didn't mind as much when they were flashing back and forth. I think it was season three when they were like trying to get Claire back to the 1700s. And there would be like piecemeal of their characters and their little love story of like a C story. I'm okay with that. But when they're monopolizing the A story, I'm just, I, it's not for me. I I don't, I don't want Roger as a pastor. I don't want Sophie as a 1700s engineer. It's all just for me. Yeah, no, I completely agree because it starts becoming like so far-fetched. I mean, there's a certain amount of season one and two where you're like, is it possible to go back through stories to the 1700s? <laughs> but now it's so like Claire making the ether or what is it called? Oh yeah. Where she yeah. keeps putting herself to sleep. Yes. And All like the, time. the antibiotics. I, that ether and have <laughs> right. I, I just want to sleep through them. It's just not yes. great. Yes. Like it needs to come out through the, the screen, but, (laughs) and her hair, I'm a, it's a hard pass on the hair. I really feel like what they did declare in season six was just entirely unnecessary. It was so unnecessary. Now, so I, I am not like, um, a pure blood. I have not read the books. Okay. You haven't read any of them. I have not read any of them. So is that a choice that the showrunners made or is that was that in the text, in I, the original text? That I do not know. I have only read the first book because mm. it is an undertaking. I mean, they yeah. are big books. And what I will say is because I was very much a purist for the show. And so I didn't really want to read the books for a long time because I was like, I love the show. And most of the time when I read a book, I like the book better. Mm-hmm. And so I was nervous about it because I wanted to just continue to love Jamie and Claire the way they were. But yeah. I will say, I think because it's a series, so they have more time to work with than say a movie does, they are able to stick a little bit more closely to the actual books. So with book one, I did feel like, oh, okay, well, like a lot of this really does stick with the actual text. I mean, the, the things they changed, I, I don't mind about it. And I could kind of appreciate both. I do know that they have taken more liberties, I think, as the years have gone on. And so I don't know. I don't know if it was a showrunner decision. I know that we have a different showrunner than we did in the first couple of seasons, which could also indicate some of the frustration that right. we're having. But yeah, I, I am not entirely sure, but I feel like that was one of those things they could have left out. Yeah. I, I loved Claire and her curls. It's just, yeah. Them chopping off her hair was sort of like a metaphor in terms of the show and her character. It just felt like, uh, I don't know, a Samson and Delilah moment. Like that was something I was clinging to with Claire. And then they took it and I was like, oh, what yeah. else are you going to take from me? Well, and I almost, I don't know if they wanted to do that to show the passing of time for like how long Jamie was gone. Mm. But even at that, it was like, wait a minute, you shorn her down to like an inch, excuse me, you shorn her down to an inch all over her head. And then three months later, her hair is almost shoulder length with curls. I don't think my hair grew like that. Right. So I, yeah, even, even I feel like the wigs in these later seasons, I'm a little like, see, I'm looking for the wigs now where in season one, everything just felt 
authentic. Yes. And they were wet all the time in season one too. <laughs> so I feel like they that were. hides your hairline a bit. Yes. But I, I didn't know, I, I didn't know very much about wigs until I started watching Outlander and people started pointing out the wigs. And now I feel like I can spot one in an instant on screen. Yeah. And, yeah. and Jamie's red ponytail is the worst it's of the all worst. the wigs. I can't take it. It's so American girl. It's it just hurts. Bad. Well, I and I just, I just don't want them in America. Just go I back know. to Scotland. Get them out, Get them out. run yeah. away. It's yeah. like, uh, I, I need, I know they, and they're actually shooting in Scotland. Yeah. Which makes it extra, like an extra tease. Yes, absolutely. And the green screen work is rough. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. They are not standing before a large canyon with mountains. Yeah, no. It's, it's so funny how like, it's so jarring between natural scenery and the green screen. Yeah. My husband and I are so late to the game, but we just started watching Game of Thrones. And similarly, everything will seem, you know, very cinematic. And then suddenly there's one scene in there with a terrible green screen. And it's just like, you guys have HBO money. What are you doing? Yeah, like you're not even stars. Like this is HBO. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, all in all, I still have a a love for it. Even when I finally ended up watching season six, it was like, I knew I always would go ahead and catch up and watch it, but it doesn't quite have that same pull. Like there's a big part of me that's like, maybe I should just skip season six and go back to the beginning (laughs) because it was so good. It was so good. And nothing, it's, I kind of liken it to new girl. I don't know if you ever watched that. I didn't, but so it, they had a great love story, seasons one and two. And, and the show was always good, but it just, you could never catch yeah. that. And like Friends or something, or, or The Office, season one and two with those love stories, you can just never quite get back to it. And you, yeah. you do keep going back to the well to try and satiate what you once had, but it's never quite the same. Yeah. And you look at some shows that I got really frustrated that ended after only a couple of seasons because you're like, oh, but these characters were so amazing and everything. But after experiencing Outlander, I kind of look back and I'm like, maybe it was for the best. Maybe it was never going to be as good as those first couple of seasons were because I just think nothing like you literally... I felt like a visceral experience watching those first couple of seasons of Outlander. And it's just not the same. It's, it's not. not and same. that's that's what like the Brits get, right? They they do a show for like three, four seasons and then it's done. And here yeah. we beat it to death. Yeah. And, you know, that's <laughs> that's our gift. Yeah. I guess we get a lot of seasons. They're just not all that great. That's why we end up with 14 renditions of Sonic the Hedgehog because oh, it right. makes money. And then they're like, well, we're going to ride this until it dies. And it's like, exactly no, right. cut out early, cut out when it's good. Go out on a high note. Yes. Yeah. Quit while it's still a video game. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Especially to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I do, I do have a proposal for you. Yes. So, and then we'll, we'll wrap up the Outlander talk, ladies, if we've been just trying to get through it and you're like, <laughs> I don't even know what they're talking about. We will move on. I promise. But I really feel like you and I doing an Outlander tour of Scotland while doing, doing comedy sketches at all the famous Outlander locations could really be a thing. I'm 100% on board and on Travelocity right now looking for tickets. <laughs> Perfect. I love that idea. My cousin is in Scotland right this minute doing the oh, Outlander tour. And I've never been more jealous of anybody. In oh. My oh, no. I mean, that is like the ultimate dream. I know it's, it looks amazing. She's having the very best time and I think we could do it together and yes, have, I think, uh, I mean, I feel it. like, oh, that's okay. Just going to ignore them. Okay. This is important work we're doing here, and right? they can come back. Well, my daughters were fighting a few minutes ago, and I'm just really hoping that the microphone didn't pick it up. So life happened. Yeah, but what I what was I going to say? It was something really good, all about <laughs> our Outlander tour. Um, well, it's escaped me right now. Oh, we could write it off. I'm pretty sure we could make this like a business expense. Oh, hundred percent. Instagram it. You know. It, we could really make it a thing. 
Yeah, we could probably pay for it with like our Reels Play money. I think we're all raking in so much dough from that. Yes, for sure. It really, they were were a little deceptive on how that whole thing was going to play out. But we could also look for my own Jamie while we're there. I'm just saying we could, we could like, you know, cover a lot of ground. I think that sounds like our 2023 plans right there. Yeah. Awesome. I'm making note of it. (laughs) Hormones. Ladies, we've all got them. They're all constantly changing. And sometimes the side effects that we have from our hormones changing are not so fun to deal with, whether it's just your regular old PMS or if you're getting closer to premenopause and menopausal symptoms. I mean, it is not fun to experience hot flashes or vaginal dryness or the thinning of your hair. But Bonafide is here to help you without adding any more hormones to your system. Bonafide was created to give women an alternative to effectively relieve the symptoms that accompany hormonal fluctuations within our bodies because every woman deserves relief without compromise. So they provide women with naturally powerful remedies to safely treat these natural symptoms that occur throughout our lives from PMS to menopause and everything else along the way. One of my favorite products that they just recently came out with is Sylvessa. It is the first comprehensive system designed to restore and protect hair and skin affected by estrogen decline from the inside out. You just take a daily capsule and use their hair serum and skin serum, which combined for healthier looking hair and skin. It's formulated with hyaluronic acid, which I love, to visibly improve skin texture and reduce fine lines and wrinkles. It really helps with that hydration and it promotes the appearance of fuller, thicker, healthier hair. I have been using Sylvessa on the regular and I've got to say my skin just feels supple and hydrated and it helps me to know that I'm doing something against these things that can feel really frustrating and defeating, but I'm actually able to combat these symptoms in a really natural and powerful way. Bonafide is effective and natural. It's non-prescription without hormones. They're clinically validated. They have safety as their top priority. They're recommended by over 8,300 doctors, and they have helped over 333,000 women find relief from hormonal fluctuations. So give Bonafide a try today. No hormones and no prescription required. Real relief without compromise. To get 20% off your first purchase when you subscribe to any product, go to hellobonafide.com slash livewell and use the promo code livewell. That's hello, B-O-N-A-F-I-D-E dot com slash livewell and code livewell. That's L-I-V-E-W-E-L-L to get this special offer. For the best price and free shipping, go directly to the hellobonafide.com slash livewell website. This special offer is only for livewell listeners, so check it out and use the promo code livewell. Okay, but speaking of comedy sketches, you are brilliant on Instagram. You're so hilarious. And another thing that blew my mind when we were very first talking was that you were taking online classes with Upright Citizens Brigade during the pandemic. Yes. And I'm so like, I I don't know that that excites that many people. I know. I'm so happy to meet someone that it excites. (laughs) Yeah. It stopped me in my tracks. So for people who are like, what are you even talking about? Will you just explain what it is and why that is fun? Yes, of course. Well, Upright Citizens Brigade is a comedy school. um, And probably the most famous graduate people will know is Amy Poehler. Um, And so they've got locations in Chicago, New York, LA, and it's... (laughs) It sounds, it sounds strange to talk about like going to school for writing comedy. It sounds sound sort of antithetical, but they teach you um, improv, sketch writing, long form script writing. And usually pre-pandemic, as many things were, like you had to be in those places yeah. to take classes with them. Um, and since, you know, I'm a mom of three, I'm married, I have a hat, a cat and a hermit crab. And so I couldn't <laughs> like pick up and move to LA. Um I was able to sign up and take online courses with them, you know, through Zoom and we would have um, uh, writing sessions and editing sessions. And it was really one of the best things I've ever done for myself in terms, you know, professionally and just, you know, filling up your cup as a human being wise. It was so amazing. Especially during such a crazy time. And then being able to like take advantage of such an amazing opportunity. Oh my word. 
it was so cool. Like we had, there were students from Australia, there were students from all across the US and just to be able to sit with people for like three hours a week and try our best to make each other laugh. Yeah. It was, you know, and listen to the, um, you know, the news is on in the background and everything is, is so doom and gloom. Yeah. And so to have this sort of bright spot was, I mean, it was absolutely everything. Yeah. And it was, it was just, I was living vicariously through you. It was so much fun to see what you were doing and what you were putting out and hearing about it. It was just so much fun. And you can see it in your work. Like you, you put out these amazing sketches that are so much fun and they're so you, like you've really honed in on your style. Oh, that's really nice of you to say. I, I really appreciate that. It's, I feel like, and I hope I don't sound like a old hag when I say this, but I feel like so much of what social media has allowed us to do as creative people, as comedians, um, is getting taken away a tiny bit by trending sounds yeah. and things like that, where everyone is just sort of, and you know, and to each their own. And some people do this beautifully, um, but it takes a it takes away a little bit of the creative process. So I'm yeah. I'm thankful to have had an opportunity to sort of like hone what I'm doing kind of before this new wave yeah. of social media trends came through. Um, and who knows, maybe I'm so old and out of touch and I don't know what I'm talking about, but. Hey, so I, I definitely feel like that because I do these reels where I am lip syncing because I need the views and I need to be paid for my reels and I need to like come up with something, but it's so frustrating to me. I was saying to the other day, like if you would have told me three years ago, that part of my job would be lip syncing bad Kardashian content. Like <laughs> I would have been like, you've got to be joking me. This isn't, I used to have like real legitimate creative thoughts. And now I'm, this is what I've reduced to. I get it. And I do it too. And we all sort of have to play the game, right? Cause yeah. you have to stay relevant and and right, no one wants to be like the old lady that's like, well, when I was younger and I was doing, you know what I mean? So we yeah. all we all do it. But yeah, it it feels a little bit like you you kind of forget how to be you when you're always being somebody else. Yeah. And you it, all that like original thought and original creativity, it it gets dumbed down. I mean, I think my favorite trending sound right now is the one where that's like Instagram says that I have to make reels to keep going. So here it yeah. is. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's like, they've so pressured us into this. You have to do it and you have to do it fast. Like I started out doing much more long form content. Hi, I'm a podcaster. I started out doing lives on Periscope where I would talk for 30 to 45 minutes. Like this whole idea of condensing all of it down into these bite-sized chunks. It's like, I get that we are having issues with our attention spans, but is this necessary? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, it takes away just a little bit of the, like, if you're, if you're a creative person and that's what fills you up, it takes away some of that because you, you don't have the freedom to sort of express yourself to the fullest extent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I watch like these YouTubers who have longer channels and whatnot, and they're, they're starting to get panicked. Like, is anyone mm -hmm. going to watch our 20 minute long show anymore? Because all they want are the shorts and that kind of thing. And I, I just hope that that doesn't end up being the long-term thing because I still, maybe it's cause I'm old, but I still enjoy a lot of the long form content too. Like to me, when I'm listening to a podcast, if I see that it's 20 minutes long, I'm like, Oh, well, that's a bummer. Like I, I want the, the most I can get out of it. So mm -hmm. yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Maybe it's cause we're old. <laughs> maybe we are old and just screaming into the ether yes. and nobody's listening, but I think there is a space for like both and, right? Like when you yes. do improv, you know, yeah. the response is always yes and. Like yes. what, how can we do more and not squelch out, you know, what, what some people are enjoying? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we'll continue to, to roll with the times to see what comes <laughs> next. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do it all. We'll do it we'll just, all. Yeah, we'll make it From work. Scotland. Right. <laughs> right.
<laughs> okay. But I do want to like totally shift gears here for a second, because along with all of the really fun content that you have pointed me to, I think that's another great thing about you is you're not afraid to share other people's stuff. I have found so many other great sketch artists and comedians and stuff just from watching you and people that you would point to, which I think is awesome. But you also have a unique perspective because one of your sons is in the deaf community and has heard of, how do you say it without, I, I don't know how to say it anymore. <laughs> like, I don't no, want. That's okay. People like, just being sensitive enough to ask yeah. is, is fantastic. I think that's such a great shift in our culture is that you, you can ask that and there's yeah. an answer. And, you know, um, one of the things that I, I, think sort of as a roundabout way of answering your question is um, words, words matter, Mm -hmm. but we don't have to cling to them. So if, and you, and you know this from your own family, like if, if a member of the disabled community says, I would prefer to be called this, you do that. Right. Yeah. And so it probably has changed a lot since, you know, the last time you've talked about this and that's cool. Um, So my son is culturally deaf, medically you would call him hard of hearing. Um, and he wears, um, sometimes he wears amplification and sometimes he chooses not to. And, um, amplification just meaning he wears a hearing aid and one cochlear implant sometimes when the mood strikes. (laughs) (laughs) And how old is he? He will be seven this fall. Okay. And so obviously you didn't grow up in the deaf community. And this is something that you've really had to learn about and, and take on in these last years. And as I kind of mentioned to you beforehand, like I grew up with a disabled brother, he had spina bifida. And so I was around the disabled community, but obviously it was very different 30 years ago. And we've made a ton of progress since then, but this is something that's been newer to you. And especially I think with deaf culture, because I think so much of it is unappreciated and misunderstood. And I took you know, my, my very minimal exposure to it as I took sign language in college. And so we were really given that like different perspective of the deaf community that it isn't even just about language. Like it's, it's so much more. And so I have found so many great accounts on Instagram about learning and understanding more about deaf culture also from you, but I would love to hear more of your experience like gaining understanding about that and what you've learned and, and how you are educating yourself. Um, first of all, thank you for giving me space to talk about this. It's such a, a thoughtful thing for you to do. Um, so the, the short answer is that many moons ago, many lifetimes ago, I was a speech pathologist okay. and I worked with a lot of deaf and hard of hearing kids with a very different perspective. My perspective being, I need to help these kids learn how to talk. I need to yeah. help them learn how to speak, articulate so that they can exist in a hearing world. Um, I have since been educated by a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me. Um, and, and they've helped me understand that it's not about speaking. It's not mm-hmm. about assimilating into the hearing world. It's yeah. about appreciating and embracing your deafness, your deaf gain, and allowing people who are deaf or hard of hearing to make those choices for themselves Mm -hmm. rather than um, forcing them to fit into a box that's like, let's make them be as quote, normal as possible. So in order to educate myself, I am doing my best to be educated by deaf adults um, and surround our family with other families who are either deaf or hard of hearing. My kids are all at, um, as we speak, they are all at um, a, um, I'm going to blank on the word, on um, an immersion camp. They're all in a sign language immersion camp right now. Um, And so that's what's the best way we've been advised to educate ourselves is just to like walk it, live it, do it. Don't just read books, go. Yeah. And, and also as hearing people to be respectful of not just like inserting myself into spaces where I don't belong, like this, um, camp is very welcoming to, um, deaf students and their hearing siblings. And so we can show up in those spaces and, and learn and, um, 
and and also be and be respectful and not just kind of be voyeurs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and it's so important that they have those immersive experiences too, because I know I remember with my brother, he would go to a disabled summer camp every summer. And it was so empowering to him to be around people who all got it and who are all Mm -hmm, doing the same thing and not just like one other kid at his school, but a community of people where you're just in it together. I think that is so, if he would come back so much stronger, so much more sure of himself being able to walk that out in normal society, you know, for, with people who don't necessarily understand all the implications that a disability means and being a part of that other culture, really a culture within a culture. And so that's, that's amazing that they're getting that opportunity and that your other kids are also being able to see it from that other side of the coin. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, so often, like you said, our kids with, um, you know, kids who speak a different language or like, you know, CJ, he has some other disabilities as well as being deaf and, you know, he's, he is bilingual and he's usually the other. Mm -hmm. Um, He is a person of color and, you know, communicates, we call it using SIMCOM. So he speaks and signs at the same time. And so for Mm -hmm. him to be around not only other children, but adults who communicate like he does um, is really impactful for him. And he loves it so much. And my, my older sons love it so much, just being there with him. Um, And so we've, we have really found it to be such a great experience. And we're so, so grateful to have that resource available to us. Cause that's, you know, that's not every family's experience. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's been really, really powerful for us. I love that. Okay, ladies, I want to take a little bit of a break to tell you about a new company that I'm working with that I am very excited about because it's like a fashion brand, but it also has really amazing sustainable products, which is awesome to put the two things together. So it is Bed Stew. I recently got a lovely purse, and a pair of sandals. They are both leather and they are absolutely gorgeous. But let me just tell you a little bit about what makes Bed Stew different. So for over 25 years, each Bed Stew piece has been handcrafted with an eco-conscious mind using recycled, renewable, organic, and reused materials, all while reducing waste. Their philosophy is simple, to create quality products that are made to last using only the most natural ingredients, making them better for you, their workers, and the planet. Each Bed Stew piece begins with only the highest quality clean leathers. Rather than using harsh chemicals such as chrome or formaldehyde to preserve the leather, like most leathers are, their leathers are prepared using natural tannins such as tree bark and leaves, in turn reducing the amount of waste and chemicals in their water runoff. They believe in the four R's for the planet instead of the three, recycle, reduce, reuse, and renewable. They're a family-owned company. Their shoes are handmade in that true cobbler craftsmanship fashion. And to top it off, their products are just absolutely beautiful. There are so many different selections. I absolutely love the bag that I got from them. It's my new work bag. You'll see it on Instagram. I absolutely think it's just gorgeous and so roomy and beautiful. The leather is so soft. And I also love my sandals, which you will also be able to see on Instagram. But if you want to go check them out and you would like to get something from Bedstew, you can use the discount code LWA20 for 20% off. So go check out Bedstew at B-E-D-S-T-U dot com. Use that code LWA20 for 20% off and get yourself something nice that's also good for the planet. That's that's so amazing. And I I wish that there were more opportunities like that. I mean, I'm so glad that they are growing so much. I mean, there's so many yeah. more than there were, you know, even 10 years ago, I would say. But I think they're so important and and really amazing that you guys are getting to participate in all of that. So yeah, it's, it's been really great. We're, we're so grateful just to have people in our corner, um, advising us, mentoring us. And just because, you know, as hearing parents, we absolutely cannot understand the path that our son is walking. So having deaf adults to guide us and hold our hands through this process has been, I mean, next level. 
Well, it's, I love just the humility that you bring to the table in it too. It's so apparent on Instagram when you are talking about any of this stuff or sharing about it, you, you very clear, anyone watching knows that you don't assume to know everything. You are coming at it from such a teachable perspective, which I think I just respect so much. And I think you're doing such a good job of it. Oh, thank you. I mean, I made a bajillion, I have made and will continue to make so many mistakes in this arena and others. I mean, I was fully like posting sign language videos and doing all kinds of stuff that I had absolutely no right to be taking up that space. Um, And so, you know, you learn and you're educated and you adjust and you do better. So I appreciate you saying that I, you know, we're all a work in progress, just kind of doing what we can with what we got. Absolutely. And, and that is the thing is that you, you learned and you, you have opened up that space now to other people who should be in that space and all that kind of thing. So I think you're doing a good job. And that kind of brings us to your book, Rookie Mistakes. Yes. It's always easy to segue into my, my book because (laughs) I'm constantly talking about ways I've screwed up. So it's very easy. Well, it's such a fun book. I've read like a good third of it and then I ran out of time, but it's so much fun. I I love now that I know why there's a guinea pig with a halo on the cover. (laughs) Oh my word. I literally just caught on to that, but it's, it's so much fun and it brings like such a great balance of comedy, but heartfelt stories and I would love to get like a quick glimpse of how this book even came to be. I started writing this book probably four or five years ago. Okay. And just as a, as a personal exercise, like, could I do this? Is this something that, you know, I could sit down and complete? And, you know, it's taken many iterations since then, but I wanted to write a book that wasn't a self-help book that wasn't instructive and informative, yeah. but sort of gave people the space to A, read a funny story or a, B, read a poignant story, but see like see themselves reflected in someone else's story because we all do these things, right? We yeah. all think we're going to be X, Y, or Z, and then we make a mistake along the way or we say the wrong thing. And it's how we react to those things that really ends up forming and shaping who we are. Um, I got, I was pitching this book to agents. I probably, I have a a Excel spreadsheet of like 150 people. I sent my book proposal to. Oh, wow. Oh, a lot, a lot. And And when did you do that? How long ago was that? Um, over three years ago. Okay. It was a while ago. Okay. Um, And I was literally, I mean, I was on the toilet, guys. I'm going to be very frank because who doesn't check their email on their phone while they're going to the bathroom? It's 2022. We all do it. Yeah. Um, And I got, I had an email from an agent that I hadn't queried. I hadn't sent anything to. And she was just like, we should talk. And that was probably like three and a half years ago. And since then, um, you know, I signed with her, we, we cleaned up my proposal and, and sent it to publishers. And so it, it's been a super, super long process to answer your question, um, from, you know, yeah. idea to actual book. Well, it's so fun to hear that. And I think helpful because I feel like I run into so many of these authors who, they're like, yeah, I ended up hitting it big on Instagram and then people approached me and I had never really thought about writing a book or, it, you know, it was in the back of my mind, but it wasn't something I was going to do. And then I got hit up to write this book and I wrote it and it's amazing. I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> but for all of us, isn't that just great? Yeah. But for all of us who would really love to write a book, but aren't having, you know, publishers come out of the woodwork to approach us to write something. <laughs> It's refreshing to hear from somebody who had the idea and wrote the book proposal and pitched it to people. And of course, it's awesome that that agent reached out to you and that ended up being who you went with. And like, that's so incredible. But it's refreshing to hear somebody who like wanted to do it and pursued it instead of it just falling in their lap. Yeah. And I think that so many authors 
stories that it's so many no's before you get to a yes, or it's so many, you know, crickets chirping, no emails coming in before you get to a yes. And you just need one yes. Yeah. And, and you can move forward, but it's the waiting is so, is so hard. And like we were talking about before, you just start to think, am I relevant? Does anybody even care what I have to say? Yeah. And the answer is invariably yes, because everybody has something to say, something to contribute. It's just being diligent and going back through what you've created and making sure that it's authentic to what you want to say and that you have something unique to share, which everybody does. Yeah. Um, and it's just about finding that angle and that, that thing that makes what you're saying unique to you. Yeah. And apparently having enough followers. <laughs> having enough followers is That's a big part of the publishing industry these part. days. It is. And it's such a, such a bummer because yeah. how many insanely talented people don't have time for social media? Yeah. Like I could throw a rock in Nashville and hit 15 people oh, more yeah. talented than me. Um, and so it, it is such such a bummer that the number on your Instagram page or TikTok or whatever is so, is so important when really so many of us have something so valuable to say. Um, and yeah, that is, it's just such a bummer of today's reality. Yeah. That you can have like some dumb reel (laughs) go viral. And that's, that's the thing that delineated you. Not, I'm not saying you, I'm saying, you know, someone Oh, sure, sure. Being able to get a book deal versus someone who's like been diligently working on it for years, but just hasn't gone viral or hasn't, you know, gotten to that place yet. And so I know. it is, and is keep that, plugging away. I, yeah. And I feel like the right teams will find the right authors. Like there are people out there, like I, my following is not what anybody would want it to be. you know, if if you're, if you're being, if I'm being real, um, but if you find the right people that believe in you and believe in your project, they will work with you. Like I have, I have a great, wonderful, encouraging group that I'm sure we'd all wish I had a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. That would be great. Um, but they believed in, in the project and they believed that it was something that, um, we should put out there. And so all that to say, even, even if anyone listening has, a, you know, doesn't have a platform and doesn't even want to have a platform. I think if you find the right people, it's all about that relationship and, and just being diligent and keeping going. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really good encouragement. And yeah, especially for me to hear, cause it's like, <laughs> I, I wrote the proposal, but yeah, you know, it just, you gotta, you gotta keep plugging away. Got to keep hoping for those numbers. Yes. So, okay. I have taken up so much of your time, but can you hang in here for just a couple of minutes to do a little bit of wrap up? Okay. Absolutely. What does a typical day look like for you? Oh, a typical day looks like my children waking up at the crack of dawn, (laughs) 6am probably if I'm lucky. Um, today we got up, we do breakfast. I'm driving camp carpool. And right now I'm working on a lot of book promotions throughout the day. Um, and I try to get in a little bit of exercise every day and creating a little bit of content every day. So I, if I can just hit taking care of my kids, taking care of myself and taking care of, or taking care of my body and then taking care of my mind, I feel good. Um, my husband and I try and take a little walk every day to sort of reconnect and it's hot as hell in Nashville. <laughs> so I just try and keep my butt inside as much as possible um, because otherwise I will wicked witch of the West all over the place. There you go. Got to just keep it cool. Yes. Okay. What is one little way that you live well anyway? Just any little thing that brings you happiness or joy or helps you to take care of yourself? That's such a great question. The best way, I mean, besides watching Outlander, the best way that I live well anyway is when I commit to doing things for me that make me happy, that don't just 
check items off my to-do list because I'm an Enneagram one and I love a list yeah. and I love to do my things. But when I can say like today, what I really genuinely want to do is to write a sketch or today, what I genuinely want to do is sit in front of the TV and watch five straight hours of the Kardashians. If I can do <laughs> one thing that genuinely makes me happy, whatever it is, I think that's living well anyway. I love that. I, and I think that like happiness or doing things that we enjoy has gotten a bad rap for some weird mm-hmm. reason, but it's okay to enjoy things and take pleasure in things and have fun. So I love that. Yeah. And things that are like, I have a chapter in my book about apologizing for things that we like, because we think they aren't good enough or they're not real self-care. Like if we want to do self-care, it has to be like a bubble bath and a book. But for me, that's, I don't want to sit in my own filth. I want to do, you know, whatever it is, something, watch garbage TV or, and just not apologizing for the things that bring you joy. Yes. Yes. I agree. Okay. Here's my stock questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Ooh, candles. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Paper. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) City or country? City. Paper or digital? Paper always. Okay. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? (gasps) Online. Okay. It's whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Oh, podcast. And what are some of your favorite podcasts? Um, besides Live Well Anyway, oh, goodness. my podcasts are Everything Iconic by Danny Pellegrino, which if you love Bravo television is where it's at. Okay. Um, and then for something a little uh, more spiritual, another name for everything with Richard Rohr okay. is my gospel. Love it. Yeah. Oh, I bet. I've not heard his, but I bet it would be good. Okay. He is the best. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Chocolate, milk or dark? Oh, milk. Okay. Sports or no sports? Oh, I love sports. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Oh, uh, broadcasting. I was a broadcast journalism major in college. Yeah. I don't think any of us are surprised by this answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite movie? Um, my favorite movie is Awakenings with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. Oh yeah. That's a great one. No one has Isn't said that. that. Oh, I'm, I've never met like really hardly anyone who even knows what that is. Oh yes. Definitely know what that is. It's incredible. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. And last question. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where are you on the spectrum? Oh gosh. I am like a 2.5. Okay. We'll take it. (laughs) I I love love your honesty. I'm a vegetarian and I love the earth, but I'm not all that crunchy. All right. Well, you know, I just, I appreciate the honesty because so many people like across (laughs) the board, no matter where they actually fall, say a five or a six. And so I love when people come on and they say like the real thing. Oh yeah. I wish, I wish, gosh, that I could be uh, a little more crunchy, but alas, I'm a modern woman. Yes. I totally get it. Well, I wish we had another full hour to talk. I feel like we could have completely filled it up. There were probably 10 more questions that I had on my notes to talk to you about, but I won't take up any more of your time. I hope that people go get your book because it's super fun. I am going to listen to the rest of it on audiobook because I know you're going to do a great job with that. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. Oh my gosh, Mackenzie, this has been such a joy. I'm so appreciative of your time and having me on. And um, I am going to go look at flights for us to fly to Scotland. Awesome. Just give me a date. I will be there. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks, Mackenzie.
Okay, ladies, that's it for this week's episode. Of course, you can find links to everything that we talked about and to all of our sponsors in today's show notes by going to mackenziecoppacom slash podcast. You can also swipe up in whatever podcasting app you are listening to this show on, and you'll be able to find all of those links there. Thank you so much to those of you who have rated and reviewed the podcast lately. It just makes a really big difference in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you rate the show to take notice of Live Well Anyway and tell other people about it. So thank you to those of you who have done that. And for those of you who just tell your friends about the show, that word of mouth is a huge piece in being able to continue to grow things here, to get more sponsors, to be able to keep Live Well Anyway alive. So thank you so much to those of you who have been ardent supporters of the show. I so appreciate each and every one of you. And I love hearing from you too. If you want to get in touch with me, the greatest place to do that is on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa. I would love to chat with you, slide into my DMs. We can talk about the show. We can talk about skincare. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But I would love to be able to hear from you and hear what you're loving about the show, what you would like to see happen on the show. Get a hold of me on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa. All right, ladies, until next week, I hope you have a wonderful week and go be bold and gracious. Oh,